Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreasen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. There it is. There you go. Okay. All right. Tell us what you do. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. I am the CEO and co-founder at Solid Block, and we tokenize real estate. In a nutshell, tokenization is providing liquidity for real estate assets on the secondary market, which solves a big problem for many investors who are reluctant to put more money in assets or in projects that has their money stuck for five to seven years, right? Instead of investing in something and expecting to get the money back in such a long period of time, you're able to invest and then trade your investments. So you got to break all that down because I definitely understand the the words, <laughs> but I've got to figure out how they apply in reality. So when you're talking about tokenization of a real estate transaction, what does that mean? That means, yeah, tell me what, how that, where the tokenization comes in. I'm going to go, I'm an investor. I see a multifamily property that I'm interested in investing in four doors. Mm-hmm. It's 2.5 million, let's say. Right. right. Okay. I would normally go to my lender or a, mm-hmm. a cash from another deal and put it in that building, hopefully as a positive ROI. And I hear what you're saying about, I can't now do anything with the bulk of that cash until I sell that property. Everything I have is in theoretical value that I can't access. Tell me where tokenization fits in and where it starts and how I connect those dots for me. Absolutely. So number one for you, you have an option to obviously go to a lender and bring a bulk of that fund of those funds, but you still have to bring in the equity, right? So normally when we talk about tokenizing, bringing investors in, we're talking about the equity part of your project, right? So let's say you went to your property is two and a half million dollars. You got a loan for two million and you still have to come up with half a million in cash. So we're talking about bringing in LPs limited partners or investors to, you know, bring, to put the money down together with you. Uh, We normally do it, we do it for a larger project, right? So maybe 10 million, 20 million, right? But let's just say for the, for the sake of this example, right? So uh, you have an option to bring investors to the project all the way in the beginning, right? Let's say that you have a good investor community, especially as a real estate agent, people who bought houses with you, people who bought apartments with you before. And now maybe they're not in the market for an apartment, but maybe they have some money saved on the side. What do they usually do with that money, right? So they, you know, they have $50,000, you know, $100,000 saved. Maybe they'll put that in the stock market. Maybe they'll buy Bitcoin, you know, uh, maybe they'll buy stocks and bonds of sorts. But they can also put that in a real estate project with you. 
because they they believe in in this project they believe in your ability to uh, negotiate a good price and you know you know the market right you're operating in that market for a long long time so and they like real estate so they put that money uh, let's say they put a hundred thousand four people put a hundred thousand together with you now in the normal circumstance in the traditional market they're dependent on you to sell the property to get their money back right if they right. come to you in a year and they say Aaron remember that hundred thousand right. now I need I need to have a bar mitzvah for one of my kids like can I have that back right so where are you going to come up with a hundred thousand right someone's got to buy them out someone's got to buy them out so now you have the headache of going to your other clients and saying can you can you buy them out now the price is uncertain because in right. that year your property has gone up in price right are you going to give that person now hundred and ten thousand dollars right so you don't know how much that increases right right and i also don't know the other thing is i don't know i mean they're getting out now but they're not assuming the entire risk of the entire project because exactly. it could go down later and then I paid them and I lose twice. Exactly. Okay. So that's the first scenario is that you bring your four friends or four clients and they're not dependent on you to go out and resell it to someone else or they're not dependent on you to, to sell this at some point, right? Well, hang on, you, wait, you made a leap there because I was almost there with you. So this is really good because I could actually almost see this yet. That was four. So we each put in a hundred thousand, but we're not putting, we're first putting it into yeah. Tokens? What? No, the token is just basically so. So in general, what is a token? Yeah. Like tokens existed a long time before cryptocurrencies and blockchain. You, you know, in, in many countries, you had tokens to even go into the subway, right? We call that a yeah. token, or to right. use a phone. It's basically some sort of a replacement for our currency, yes. right? Like they say, token of appreciation, right? So uh, it's just basically something you can use instead of the paper dollars, which are difficult to stick into a, a, a phone book, right? In a phone. So um, that is the same with blockchain and the same with crypto. A token is just basically a representation of an asset. So okay. when, when your friends put in $100,000 each yeah. um, for convenience sake, we're going to give them 100,000 tokens each. Okay. Now, the nominal price of each token is a dollar. And then how many tokens they got is just based on the appraisal of the property, right? So they got, you know, a thousand, the whole property is worth two and a half million, right? We decided that we're getting a loan. We only need 500,000. So on the 3rd of March, 2022, when you went out and appraised this property, it was two and a half million. So they bought the property at a $1 per token nominal price. Maybe on a third of March, 2023, the property is going to be worth $3 million because you read, did some renovation right. or something like that, right? So now their token, instead of one, $1 per token, is now going to be worth $1.20, if I'm okay. kind of calculating this correctly, right? Yeah. So that's that's basically how it works. So how, do, how are the tokens created and why is blockchain a very powerful tool for ensuring that you and your friends are going to stay friends no matter what, right? So um, blockchain is an immutable ledger, which means it's basically an accounting system, which is much better than your average Excel, where you would put their, you know, a PDF where you would put their ownership, right? Jack bought 100 shares from me, 100,000 shares from me for $1 each, right? Yeah. Um, instead, 
what you have is um, you're going to have a, you know, create a company just like you normally do in yeah. real estate to hold a piece of the asset. This company is going to hold either the whole thing, like the whole equity, right? Payment, or it's going to, maybe you'll decide to raise a part of it, right? But basically it's going to hold a piece of the asset. So that company will issue shares, actual shares, right? So let's say that it issued 500,000 shares and you split, you all split it up equal, right? right? So each of you got, um, let's say, uh, or not, we decided each of, each of you got 100,000 shares, right? Yep. For that example. So then instead of using an Excel file or a database somewhere, we actually are going to take a blockchain ledger, which is based on some sort of a public blockchain like Ethereum, which is an example, which is the first and the most popular blockchain. We're going to create a smart contract, which is like a regular contract, but it's smart because you cannot erase it. It's there forever and for everyone to see. And you're going to see that five people, it's not going to have names, but five wallets, five people or five investors, whatever, each bought 100,000, each bought 100,000 shares in this asset that that's what it's going to say right they bought it in with cryptocurrency sometimes it will even say how much they paid a lot of times you know people don't pay with cryptocurrency so we won't see how much they paid and instead you'll see basically you'll see that on the platform like solid block you'll you'll see you'll see that somebody paid x amount of dollars to get x amount of shares so a token is basically um, is basically a digital representation of their share. Their okay. shares are actual shares that the company holds, right? Whatever you issued in Delaware or in Wisconsin or in Florida, right? Uh, when you open the company. Now, a token is going to be almost like a title registry that sits on the blockchain and tells us who owns that company, right? Who owns, which are the five people that mm -hmm. own, the what, five wallets that own these shares? And a token is just basically a digital representation of the actual shares in Delaware. That's all it is. And that's why we call it a token because it's not a share, it's a digital. Some people actually call it a digital security, right? A token and security token and digital security is the same thing. Why do we need a token? Good. Because maybe one of these, you know, in a year, Jack is going to come and say, I want to sell. In right. fact, Instead of coming to somebody and say, I want to sell, Jack is just going to list his securities on an exchange, right? So obviously the owner of the project, Aaron, is going to make a deal with an exchange and say, I want to sell our shares here. Now I want to sell our securities here. There are going to be some fees involved. Great. So Jack wants to sell. He pushes the button on the solid block platform. He and tell us tells us how much how much he wants to sell. Maybe he doesn't want to sell the whole thing. Maybe he just wants to sell twenty thousand shares, right? And then the shares go on an exchange. There's a secondary offering. Somebody buys those shares. Jack is getting cash, right? So that's why we use a token because a token is much easier to trade than the actual shares, right? So and then remember the shares actually represent the ownership in an asset because that company owns the asset. Okay, so it's a way of. So I'm just looking at what the value add is. Are there, in mm -hmm. without the blockchain, without the tokens, and without the blockchain, if Jack wanted to sell half his stake, yeah, he would need to personally go around and shop it to investors yeah. personally, 
and then get a lawyer involved to write up the contract to transfer the shares. And then he could transfer the shares. If he could get a price he wanted from his own shopping and get a lawyer to draft that, which would probably have to include the original contract to make sure that Jack had the right to do that. All that work you're saying, all that work is now incorporated up front in the tokenization of the shares that there's an agreement up front that if it, that there's an exchange, a specific exchange. It, so solid block is an exchange or not an exchange? What does solid block do? We prefer not to be an exchange at this time. So okay. because there are other members of the ecosystem that do this really well. And who, like have, who? Yeah. What's we have the, yeah. The good examples are T0 and INX, Texture Capital. Those are the three that we work with in the U.S. And those are marketplaces. Those are, those are marketplaces for the secondary, where people are interested, investors are interested to buy shares from somebody who bought them before. Gotcha. And shares in, in all sorts of different projects. Right. And all sorts of different projects. And what you... I would do at the beginning of this project is the upfront cost of joining the exchange would be shared by the investors because that's their exit. It's everyone's exit strategy. So you're up, you're paying upfront for exchanging the, you're getting a bigger marketplace for your shares potentially to sell them and ease of selling them. And you're, you're upfronting the legal expense of selling them. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So some of the costs are usually borne by, yeah, borne by the investors, exactly, because they want the liquidity, right? The costs are not that high, actually. Okay, but that's what it is. It's liquidity because you're, you're, you're hooking up with what you think is the most liquid, the easiest place for me to sell these if I wanted Mm -hmm. to get out. But Mm -hmm. other than that, there's no, I mean, if I, if the project goes through its five-year intended outcome and we flip that to for 4 million later, Nothing with the, we don't do anything with the exchange. We just get the money from the sale of the property and divide it up any way we want and it pulled it off the exchange. The exchange never comes into yeah. it, is that right? So in general, you always have the ability to sell the, you know, the underlying building. Right. You, in terms of regulation and just in general, every time you have an offering, you outline a business model and some sort of a philosophy, right? So when you bought that building from the get-go, you're going to tell your investors, right, Jack and everybody else, guys, my plan is to hold it for seven years because I think that's when I get the best valuation for it. But if in year three, it reaches a valuation of X, I, I'm, I will consider selling this, right? Or in, if in any sure. year, yeah. right? So, so what happens is like if in year four, all of a sudden the market is so hot or maybe you expect uh, to be a downturn in the market, then you'll tell your investors, guys, I want to sell the project. You sell the project and you distribute the the share, basically the income pro rata for those investors. And can I walk in? Anybody can or go online anywhere to NXS or whatever you said was here in America and say, and look at all the different offerings. It's available to the public to go look at the offerings and buy tokens. It's a great question, Christine. So in order to do these offerings compliantly, we normally do what's called a Reg D 506C exemption. And that's an exemption that allows accredited investors to participate in offerings. That's said, for smaller size investments, so up to $5 million, you can do crowdfunding. So if you put a tokenized project on a crowdfunding platform, then you'll be able to actually bring in anyone as long as they invest up to a certain amount. So it might be up to $10,000, right? So you would need to bring a lot of investors sure. uh, as opposed to, you know, five people who will do, you know, who will invest uh, 
500,000, you know, in total. Uh, there are other types of offerings, like there was a Reg D 506B, but there is an issue that that one is limited to 35 investors. Um, so uh, you can you can use that initially, actually, to bring in some retail investors and then reclassify eventually. And what's the difference between the crowdfunding and the market and the, the exchange? Crowdfunding is just basically a marketing tool, right? So you bring in the retail investors. Crowdfunding is just... But you can do that on the exchange, whatever exchange you pick. It's independent. It's not... Yeah. Crowdfunding is the first stage. It's just basically you go and you... This is... um, You use it for regulatory purposes. This is a company. A crowdfunding portal is a company that, that has a FINRA license to market to retail level investors. Right. right. So, so that kind of helps uh, helps you guys when you go and you sell your offering to do it compliantly. So, Solid Block, we actually um, will soon offer that capability on our platform as well. So, you won't have to go on a separate crowdfunding portal. Right now, we have certain partnerships where we put the projects on their portal, and then after the raise is complete, is tokenized, and then they can the investors who participated can resell. Right now, if you go on a crowdfunding portal anywhere, which you know they're pretty popular, you get your shares, and then again, you don't have an exit strategy. Good. And so, Solid Block is where in this process? Because the, now I get I get the idea of tokenization. So it's really yeah, it's actually. It, tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I do understand this. So Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, whatever, all the cryptocurrencies operate on a blockchain, but they're independent. They're all independent. It's like investing in any, it's investing in whatever else, gold, silver, corn, whatever you think is going to, those independent things. But the science of blockchain is independent of that. And you're really building something on the science of technology of blockchain, independent of crypto. You're not really selling a coin. You're using the technology of of blockchain to make investing easier. That is correct. If investors do have these other coins, which is basically a form of currency, they can actually invest those coins in real estate projects, just like they do dollars and everything else. Right. I mean, for whatever it happens to be trading for that day. Uh, Yeah, exactly. They can come on our platform and just buy whatever asset they like, just like they buy it with dollars. So that's the only connection with crypto that we have. Right. I get it. And then so you are the platform that you're the intermediary, someone that can actually get that established, because I would have no way of tokenizing without a partner to to actually do that. So so we're the tech partner that has the capability to enable you to write these transactions on the blockchain, right? Because right now you have the capability to only write these transactions to an Excel file, or maybe some, you know, SQL database on your website on WordPress, right? So we put that on steroids for you and make that immutable. Also, you know, Jack will only come to you right now because he trusts you because he's your friend. But imagine if you brought in investors who you don't know. The blockchain allow, enables them to come and, and, and see their transactions on the public blockchain, right? So that they know that their ownership is safe. And all the terms and all the, yeah. the contract itself is on the blockchain. Exactly. I want to go through a second use case, Aaron, from what you from what you described. I'm just really excited that I have some understanding now of what this, I don't think I can tell anyone else what it is. I know. Like, oh my god, I could totally get how that's actually useful because I've always thought blockchain is brilliant. I don't need to invest in gold or, you know, mm-hmm. Bitcoin. To, I don't know that there's the, a life yeah. inside that, but 
blockchain itself is brilliant for this reason. Now I understand why. Go ahead. What's the yeah. second? I mean, crypto is, is pretty cool, too, just in general. It's for diversification purposes, right? Sure. I mean, I, you know, like if you think gold is pretty cool, then yeah, then crypto would be pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, look, it's all for diversification. It's just we're diversify. Exactly. Even within real estate, I would say diversify, right? You can invest oh. in some liquid assets that, you know, sure. and, then, and then you can invest in some liquid assets, right? So this is just a different class, right, of real estate. So the second use case would be if you just front that's $500,000 all by yourself. And then you go and you develop this property a little bit. Maybe you renovate, you bring a new tenant or all the new tenants you populate, right? And now your asset is actually worth much more. Let's say it's worth double, right? Now it's worth $5 million. So now what you could do is you could go out and sell it to another buyer, but maybe you expect more appreciation or maybe you really like the asset and it's high yielding. So you actually want to keep it but you know why would you keep a full asset which actually is worth five million dollars you should enjoy some of that money to start building a new one so you're going to bring four friends who are going to now put in the money not because they're expecting a huge increase but because they like yielding these are different friends right these are friends that they like yielding real estate which is stable right so maybe you're going to give them seven percent or eight percent annual return Right. So you're going to tell your friends, come in as LPs, as my limited partners. Each of you will buy into, uh, I don't know, $500,000. Right. And they're going to buy two million out of the five from you. So that's your exit strategy right there. So instead of selling the whole thing, you're going to sell it fractionally to people who want to hold an asset that is yielding and stable. And all that. So I, I got this asset. Now I take the asset and I bring it to you. After I put the work in, and so it's gone from two million to five million, and I say, okay, now I'm ready to fractionally sell this, and I'm writing those new terms onto the blockchain of what their exactly. return is likely to be, or exactly. whatever I want, I, whatever terms I want. Exactly, and and the reason, the different, the only difference here is that uh, it's just different types of investors. The initial investor is is somebody who. It, it gets a bigger payout for bigger risk, right? And, and the second use case is I could take that five, what is now assessed at five million, bring it to a blockchain, and see who wants to do it. It's I'm putting it in the marketplace. I don't need I don't need the four friends anymore. I'm going to make eight new friends or whatever. That's the I mean that's the idea. As the market develops, you're going to have more and more demand for this, right? So, but the demand will also depend on how much of a track record you have because it's just a product right it's right. a product are you it's just like any sort of a a real product on the market right so they look at the asset but they also look at the asset manager essentially either you're the asset manager or you have the asset manager for hire yeah no i get it that's great and then it's about how you market that and the exchanges are the equivalent to or the yeah i mean the they're this the idea same between the nasdaq or the yeah. MX. I mean, it's just it's just an exchange. It's nothing. So NASDAQ is actually starting to offer this as well. They're putting yeah. a lot of information out there. But right now we're talking about smaller exchanges. But it's the same idea. There's no difference between okay. the two of them other than the actual assets that are on them. Right. There is a, there's some difference because NASDAQ mainly caters to, well, the main, uh, the main uh, area of NASDAQ is for Tech, retail yeah. investors. Now, ATSs are alternative trading systems. They mainly cater to accredited investors, unless you did what's called a Reg A+, which is a different exemption, 
And that's actually a great option, by the way, for retail. If, if somebody has a big community of retail investors, like really big, right? So, and then a lot of real estate agents uh, and realtors have that. So we can do what's called the Reggae Plus offering, and then they can actually bring in up to $75 million in one offering from, from, when I say retail, what I mean is not accredited, right? Accredited investors are investors who earn a certain a level of income or have certain level of assets. I believe it's $250,000 per person or $300,000 per family, plus a million dollars or a million dollars in assets beyond their mortgaged asset or you know one asset in which, where they live. So that's basically the definition of an accredited investor. And that's done because now you guys are not selling real estate anymore. You're selling securities now. So, and, and actually uh, just one important note, a more from an advanced uh, course, advanced class, because you are the owner of this project, you're no longer the agent on this project. You are actually the owner, right? You're the sponsor. You're able in most cases to distribute it to your friends or existing network uh, without a broker dealer, without being or without being a broker dealer, right? You would not be able to do that as an agent because you need to have a, actually a broker dealer license to distribute securities. Anything you're breaking down in parts generally is considered a security. If you're selling an apartment, if you're selling a house, that's great. Uh, if you're selling uh, one property to several individuals, but you're writing all of them in a title or you're writing all of them as owners of the company, um, then you might get away without calling it a security. But with digital things, it's always going to be a security that you're selling. Wow. Killer. All right. Wow, we're over time too. Fascinating. Uh, that is, yeah, that is so, I was just so appreciate, you know, taking the time to really educate me on this is something I've really been interested in. But don't know who to ask or don't know where to go. And, and you know, it's one of those, I'm supposed to understand it kind of models. So I really do appreciate it. Thank All you right. so much. Anything else that we forgot to ask? No, I think you guys are right in the money. And just one thing I want to reiterate for the audience of uh, realtors, real estate agents, anybody who's uh, dealing with large audiences, this product is for you guys. But its product is for you uh, to basically level up, right? <laughs> to take your audience and become a sponsor. Wow. So you can now actually be a sponsor and bring projects because you are the experts in real estate. Nobody knows it better than you guys. So now is the, this is the technology that can help you become sponsors and earn much more money from carried interest, you know, from the value increase in the property, right? And it's just a matter of, of enabling your audience you to become uh, investors in a liquid property that they can go in and out right they can basically play with real estate like without having to wait for years right, right. yeah that's, that's the very cool all right well i just i feel like we've just scratched the surface of it but- I, know. I was thinking we need to do another for the advanced although we're not quite okay. advanced i don't think i've ever said so little i'm just sitting there going what right <laughs> fascinating. so fascinating all right well yeah thank you so much for the time yeah. go enjoy the your new cat. Kitty cat. <laughs> Have a great day. Have a great Bye. day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast, brought to you by Christine and Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. 
For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.